a stranger with a gun came upon two teens taking pictures under a rising full moon. But violence is only the beginning of this story. Sometimes I thought, there are no miracles. Yeah, there are. And this is a big one. I'm Amy Donaldson, and I've spent my career talking about how lives are undone by violence. The Letter is a podcast about how lives are remade. Follow The Letter at theletterpodcast.com or wherever you get your podcasts. Inside Sources. Inside Sources. Where KSL offers Utah deeper insights on the news. Here's our host, Boyd Matheson, on KSL News Radio. Well, in recent years, uh, it's been easy for a lot of folks, especially when they're in the minority, uh, to say good riddance uh, to a very important policy tool, the filibuster. And it's always easy to do that when you're in the minority. When you're in the majority, then then you really want to get rid of it. When you're in the minority, it's a very important tool for you. And it goes back and forth. And a lot of people don't really understand why it's there and why it's so critically important. Uh, really thrilled that our friends over at the Orangey Hatch Foundation have really made this a focus uh, to the extent that they brought on as a visiting scholar, Martin Gold, who... Uh, has to be the foremost uh, scholar and thinker when it comes to the filibuster. They've just, in, in, uh, excuse me, just released uh, their policy review, which is the legislative filibuster essential to the United States Senate. Uh, so important. And uh, so we want to jump into that today. And we're really pleased to have back on the program once again, Martin Gold, uh, who is the uh, statesman of all statesmen when it comes to the filibuster. And uh, Martin, we appreciate you joining us today. I'm delighted to be here. Thank you for having me. So just walk us through a little bit. Uh, we, we talk about this a lot on our program in terms of why this is so critical. You've looked at this uh, and in this report uh, really gone back historically in terms of what where it really began and why it's so important. Give us a, a broad brush to begin with. Uh, the broad brush is that the filibuster in the Senate has been active on legislative matters for approximately 180 years. Uh, it began in the 1840s, considered, continued through the uh, balance of the 19th century into the early 20th century, and even when uh, procedure was added in 1917 called the cloture process as a mechanism to bring filibusters to a close, still filibusters continued and continued into the present day on all manner of policy issues, all manner of policy issues, and done by both parties. So the exercise of minority rights in the Senate uh, as a way of not only extending debate and public education, but also as a way of, of leveraging excuse me, legislative outcomes has been uh, a characteristic of the Senate for most of its history. Yeah, and it's such an important part of that process. And again, it, it doesn't fit into a soundbite. It's not, uh, not real meme-worthy, uh, but so important in terms of the minority rights uh, again, regardless of who's in power, it goes back and forth. Uh, but this is such a, a crucial part of the process uh, because I think it ultimately leads us to where we want to go, and that is the integrity of compromise. So give give us some sense of that because it's easy to demonize this and say, oh, the filibuster is what the obstructionists, you know, the, the evil, awful people use uh, to stop something from going through. Give us a different perspective on that. A different perspective would be that it's essential for a compromise, the right of debate and the right of amendment, the right of compromise, the need to reach across the aisle, it's all inextricably intertwined. If the Senate were like the House of Representatives, where the majority party simply governs, makes rules to suit itself, and basically uh, leaves the minority uh, out to pasture, where the minority has no meaningful influence, um, 
you would have uh, a majoritarian institution. Uh, you could do the same thing in the Senate in principle by getting rid of the filibuster so that the minority, the majority party never would need to negotiate with the minority on the terms for debate, never would need to negotiate with the minority on the terms for amendments, could simply adopt the amendments the majority party wanted or write the bills the majority party wanted, and the minority would have next to no say in the process. Yeah, and I think- so you could make you could make the Senate look like the House simply by getting rid of the filibuster. Uh, but that would radically change the Senate as an institution. I'm Dave Cauley, investigative journalist and host of the podcast, Cold. In October of 1985, a woman named Cherie Warren left work at a busy Salt Lake City office. To meet her estranged husband at a downtown auto dealership. She never made it home. Cherie's car surfaced weeks later in Las Vegas. In the parking lot of a hotel casino. No one knows how it got there. Strange. It was strange. Both Cherie's estranged husband and her boyfriend raised suspicion for investigators. I kind of thought that he might have done something. But no arrests were ever made. In Cold Season 3, we dig into double lives, make new connections in the case, and examine the difficulty raised by reasonable doubt. We want answers just as much as anyone else. They have creeps like that now, too, so nothing's changed. That's the new Cold Season 3, The Search for Cherie. Now available anywhere you get your podcasts. Yeah. Uh, One of the things that uh, Gordon H. Smith, of course, who served in the United States Senate from uh, 97 to 2009, I know he's also a board member and treasurer of the uh, Orangey Hatch Foundation. He wrote a great piece in uh, Newswork referencing your work uh, and this new report out from the Hatch Foundation uh, and really talking about it in the sense of absent the filibuster, it would actually create more division, more polarization rather than less. Explain that to us. It creates more polarization because if the party that's in the majority can do simply what it wants, it will be, uh, I think, susceptible to very strong demands from the essence of the party base, right? The more extreme demands of the party base, and the extreme demands of the party base will be given sway because there will be no need to compromise, no need to take account of the minority, no need to push back on those demands. You just give in to those demands. So therefore, you're going to have either policies on the extreme left or policies on the extreme right dominating because you do not have a tempering influence, which is the influence of the filibuster. If you have to reach across the aisle and negotiate with the minority, ultimately to get 60 votes and get something done, you're not going to be able to take extreme positions. The Senate is a moderating influence intended by the framers to be a moderating influence on the kind of legislation of that nature that would come out of the House of Representatives. If you take it away, if you take it away, senators are no better than representatives. They're just more moderate because they have to be more moderate because the rules of the chamber command it, right? If you take away those rules, the Senate will behave like the House, and that will mean that the demands of the extreme base on the left or on the right, depending on who's in the majority, will be given sway. Yeah. Uh, and and I want to take it one step further, uh, Marty, because I, I know you understand this in such a unique way. So we always talk about the, the left versus right, the Democrats versus Republican in terms of the filibuster. Uh, but you talked about this important need for debate, deliberation, amendments. Uh, and sometimes that happens uh, not 
left and right or Democrat, Republican, but within the same party, we have so much power for amassed sure. uh, by the leaders of both parties that often there's no chance for amendment uh, because the we always call it the four person law firm of you know McConnell uh, used to be uh, Rep- Speaker Pelosi now it's uh, McCarthy uh, and, and then Chuck Schumer uh, and, and uh, moving that through and, and so sometimes it's within your own party you don't have a chance to offer an amendment or to have a real debate about anything and again the filibuster still applies even intra party the filibuster applies intra party at the end of the day. At the end of the day, not for everything in the Senate, but for most things in the Senate, you've got to get 60 votes. If you've got to get 60 votes, it means you've got to deal with people in your own conference. You've got to deal with people across the aisle. You've got to take account of what they want, and you've got to figure out some meaningful compromise, not only on the substance of legislation, but also on the process by which legislation is going to be considered. The need to get 60 votes is leverage for all of that to happen. And if you don't have that leverage, that will further empower the party leadership, and it will mean that the majority will run roughshod over the minority, then when elections turn over and the other party comes in to the majority, you'll get a whiplash effect mm. because the moderating influence is gone. Yeah, that and that is such an important part of that. If we just have these massive swings uh, based on who's in power, uh, that often ends up hurting the very people that we're supposed to be trying to help. And often it's the the poor and the most vulnerable that uh, get hit, as you said, by that whiplash effect. Listen, I mean, at the end of the day, you can take moments when the Democrats uh, had the trifecta, as they call it, the White House and both houses, or the Republicans had the trifecta, mm-hmm. right? In 2017, the Republicans had the trifecta. In 2021, the Democrats had the trifecta. But... Because of the filibuster being available in both instances, Senate Republicans in 2021 could moderate what happened in the Senate, even though the Democrats had all three. And Democrats in 2017 could moderate what happened in the Senate, even though the Republicans had all three. So it's a moderating influence. Again, again, take it away and you, you know in which direction this is going to go. Yeah, so important. Martin Gold, visiting scholar, uh, wrapping up there at the Hatch Center, uh, an important policy review, the legislative filibuster essential to the United States Senate. It is a feature, not a flaw. And uh, Marty, thanks so much for spending time with us today. Oh, you're welcome. Thanks so much for having me. All right. Again, that's uh, Martin Gold, uh, visiting scholar there at the Hatch Center. And this is uh, this is important stuff. And what I love in this policy review that the Hatch Center has put out uh, is it has the historical background. It gives you all the perspectives as to the what, the why, and the how, uh, and why it's so essential for for it to continue. It is an essential part of the United States Senate, feature not a flaw. And while it's easy to demonize when someone uses the filibuster to slow something down or to create an opportunity for debate or an amendment process, that's the real critical stuff. Uh, and so uh, that's the important thing coming out of the Hatch Center. Uh, so grateful to the Orangey Hatch Foundation for that good work. We'll come back. Uh, much more to come on Inside Sources here on KSL News Radio. Two friends taking pictures of the rising full moon on a summer night. Two teenage kids doing what teenage kids do. When a stranger with a gun and a death wish changed everything. 
It was violent, it was senseless, and I will never understand it, I will never accept it. I'm Amy Donaldson, and unfortunately, we're all too familiar with stories about how violence shatters lives. But what we rarely see is how they are rebuilt. In a new podcast, The Letter, we relive tragedy, but only so we can hear the rest of the story. The struggle to reclaim lives, the realities of grief, and the possibilities of forgiveness. I believe in miracles. Sometimes I thought, there are no miracles. Yeah, there are, and this is a big one. Follow the letter at theletterpodcast.com or wherever you get your podcasts.